I will sow her into me in the earth. Romans 11:5 to 6. I'm just going to do two more scriptures and then we're going to stop. Even so at this present time there remains a remnant according to the election of grace. Could it be that you are part of the remnant according to the election of grace? Could it be that you are part of the remnant according to the election of grace? There remains the remnant on the earth in this day Paul says according to the election of grace if it is by grace then it is no more of works otherwise grace is not any more grace if it is works then it's no more grace otherwise work otherwise work is no more no more is work it's your own works so is it going to be by grace this next level of work is going to be attained Yes. But you know what? If your path is not enlightened, you could take the wrong path. You realize that? If your path is not enlightened, if I don't prepare the dessert for you there, you might turn this way, thinking that you can find something tasty at that. If you understand what I'm saying. So God is spelling it out clearly for us in this season. I'm not speaking my own words. I might have used my experiences. I might have used testimonies. I mean, my Cynthia's life has changed just over 3 days. Totally changed. That girl is destined for greatness. I know that. But yet, in the midst of her fire, she was losing it. She was fighting witchcraft, fighting the devil. But the moment she entered into destiny, she said, "Rosh, can I please stay near you and never leave you again?" I said, "Sure." Can I please have a spare time with you? Yes, sure. Let me tell you, if we do not get the right direction in the season church, we can take the wrong step. We can get offended. We can get cooled off. We can come to a place where we feel God has abandoned us. Hebrews 11:17 to 19 by faith Abraham when he was tried. Which one of you were tried? When God said you take your child and go and slaughter him on a hill, which one of you were tried like the way Abraham was tried? By faith when he was tried, offered up Isaac. It doesn't say he went to offer up Isaac. It says he offered up Isaac. Because he already gave him up and offered him up in his heart before the act was carried out exactly like the father did. He already said, I'm ready. He offered his child from his own heart. I want you to know that this is a very significant act. His only begotten son of whom it was said that in Isaac shall your seed be called. He accounted that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence he received him in a figure. I want you to know that this thing is not an issue of what you can do on the outside or what you can say it is an issue of your own heart experience with god each one on your own your experience with god he says by faith when abraham was tried i don't know what your trial is today the possibility is your trial is not the trial because you've done something wrong 
The possibility is your trial is not a trial because God hates you and is punishing you. The possibility is your trial is not there just because God has abandoned you, doesn't care about you. Is it a possibility that your trial is adversity directed towards destiny? There is a destiny that's about to emerge. But I want you to pass this trial. By faith, Abraham passed the trial. When he offered his son, he didn't wait for the day to take his son up there. He did it already in his heart. Are you ready to make that next step? It's a very serious place. Let nothing offend you in the season. And I know some of you have been strong and you've held on. And I marvel at that. I marvel at his grace for you. I marvel also at the fact that you also have never given up on God. And the scripture says, having not seen him, you still love him. Though now you do not see him, but yet you hold on to him because you know that he is the redeemer of your soul. So church, let's stand. There's always an impartation after a teaching. That impartation is what prepares you for your next level. And no matter what you're going through, this much I can say, you're gonna come out of this in a very wealthy place. Wealthy, filled with grace, filled with glory, filled with the goodness of God. Father, tonight, today we wanna to thank you for your grace, your goodness, your favor, your love, your mercy. Father, we wanna thank you for encouraging us. We wanna thank you for enlightening us. We wanna thank you, my God, for even opening a pathway like the first gleam of dawn and making it brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Father, we want to thank you this morning for the fact that you ordained our footsteps and you will not let us slip. That even when we want to slip, you will not allow us to slip. And even when we feel lethargy and we feel lukewarm or we feel hurt or we go through difficulty, you've held our hands and you've pulled us through. You brought us into a place where we understand your workings. Though you try us, my God, though you try us, Father, we will come forth even better than gold. Job saw gold, but Peter said better than gold because even gold will perish with its use and we will not perish. Oh my God, you are bringing us into divinity. We are coming into becoming part of the divine. We are coming into a place of, of, of being like you. That there is nothing that can destroy us. Though we go through the waters, they will not overwhelm us. Though we go through the fire, it will not burn us. You are bringing us into a place that is wealthy. Into a place of great grace and favor. We thank you that the sufferings of this present age can never be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in us, through us, amongst us, surrounding us. We thank you this morning for a great impartation. We thank you for the anointing and for great strength for every child of God who listens to this word. We pray, Father God, you take us into higher places of, of, of grace and higher places of favor, Father. That you take us into such great strength that there's nothing in the earth that will destroy us. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. You will not leave us nor forsake us and that is a promise. We thank you, Father. We bless you today. I pray for great strength for every child of God. Nobody will be offended in this season. Nobody will be disappointed with you because you know what you are doing. You know what you are doing. Thank you. You are preparing us for the great day. 
that's about to happen when we come face to face with you, when we come into that intimacy. Finally, all of the pain in our lives will be gone. You yourself will wipe away our tears. And finally, our fulfillment, everything we have ever lived for becomes a reality. Finally, when we come face to face with you and we can find ourselves in that love and grace with the one we have waited for all our lives. We love you. This life is not about the devil. This life is not about darkness. This life is not about disease and sickness. This life is about you. These things come only to propel us deeper into your life, to sow us into yourself. These things come only to draw us into a greater, more intense love relationship with you. That's what it is. Our destination is not destruction. Our destination is you. So we thank you today for great strength for everyone. We bless you, Father, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I'm recording in 15 minutes each because otherwise it becomes too big a package. The foulest snare. You have broken the snare and you've set me free. See, why would God put you there? Because when you're straightened, when you're in a straight jacket, when you are constricted, the Bible says Jesus was constricted. He had nowhere to look. The only way he can look is look to the Father. Nowhere else he was straightened. And sometimes you find yourself straightened. You find yourself constricted. You find yourself as if you're bound. Because there's only one way to look, and that is to look at him. See? And then he says, you have proved me. You tried me as silver is tried. You brought me out of the net. Even though you laid affliction upon my loins, but you, you, and you caused men to ride over my head. I went through fire and through water, but you brought me into a wealthy place. Isn't it strange that um, Jesus walked on the water? The Israelites went through water and they came out. Hmm? The three men in the fire went through the fire and they came out. Is this a kind of experience that God is talking to us about, which is a figurative experience? Nobody might throw us into a real fire. I don't think anyone will throw us into a real fire. I don't think anyone is going to cause us to walk through a flood. But is this a figurative thing that God is talking about of necessity? That we go through, uh, we go through the waters and they will not drown us? We go through the fire and it will not consume or burn us? Why? Why do you have to do this to us? Why? Because I want to prove to you that fire can't destroy you. I want to prove to you that water can't destroy you. I want to prove to you the destroyer can't destroy you. I want to prove to you there's absolutely nothing that can destroy you. Because I am your exceedingly great reward and I am your covering. And Psalms 91 becomes a reality. So when we go through this, that's the adversity. How do we react in that adversity? Are we angry? Are we shocked? Are we frightened? It might have taken me nine months. That's how long it takes to birth anything in life, anything. Reality, to birth life. Might have gone nine months. And nine months, there were times I look back and I say how frightened I was. And how at times I felt things were so helpless. 
But you know what? I can testify today to say to you, God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Never. No matter what you're going through today, I want to encourage you to stand strong. He will never leave you. He is an amazing father. And so when he brings us out of the affliction and when he brings us out of the net and when he brings us out of the water and when he brings us out of the fire, he'll bring us into a wealthy place. Hence all those dessert that we were eating last night, church. It was this church that was eating the dessert. Every one of you were eating at that table. I saw you. God only gave me those names for a purpose because he was telling me something. I have judged you. I found you faithful. I found you faithful. You've not uttered a word about me that was negative. You did not become complacent and lukewarm. You still kept speaking even out of your pain. You still kept declaring out of your pain. There were times that I shared, or I, 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 I was praying for people to be set free. I couldn't tell them I'm struggling with the same thing. Never stop praying. They got set free before me. I never got jealous. I continued. Never got jealous. How did you set that one free? But not me yet. The Lord said, I'll try you. I will try you. Jesus walked on the earth. He was persecuted. He was hated. He was called the devil. He still walked around healing those that were suffering from rejection and pain. Don't tell me you can't administer life even out of your own pain. It's not true. Don't wait to become perfect before you can administer. Because that is how you overcome that pain inside of you. There's no other way by which you overcome that pain. Daniel 12.10 Many shall be purified in that day and made white and tried, but the wicked will do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise will understand what I'm doing. Today I ask for wisdom for all of us to understand that your pain is not there to destroy you, that adversity is not there to bring you into nothingness. Adversity is there to propel you into destiny. Divine destiny. The wise will understand, says Daniel. And many are going to be purified in that day. They will be made white and they will be tried. But it's the wicked that will do more wickedly. Do you know how many people have been offended recently? How many people have drawn cold from God? Where is God when he couldn't heal his daily people? When the number of the children of God died, when young children died, they should have had destiny. We don't know what God is doing on the earth. It's all part of his unfolding plan. None of them were destroyed, but they were simply translated into the presence of God so that your mind will not be offended. Do you know one statement kept me alive after Sherilyn passed on? The day Sherry passed on, that same day, crowds of people came here. Everybody was saying something different. One person said, how can God be justified in what he did? This family serves the Lord. How can God be justified? I stood there listening without uttering a word. I said, unless I hear my father speak to me, I will not say a word. I walked down into where the playground is today. It was not a playground, it was a garden. I went in all alone there. 
And I stood and I said, what have you got to say to me, Lord? Until you speak, I say nothing. He said, a sword will pierce through your soul. And in that day, the hearts of many will be offended. Let me tell you, this has been a day when the sword has pierced through many hearts. And many have become offended with God because they felt God was not able to heal them. That statement kept me. I said, I will never be offended with you no matter what. I'll miss my child and I'll cry for her, but I'll never be offended with you. You are God. You you decide to do what you want to do. You have every right. You justify in what you do. Who can tell you what to do? Nobody. That doesn't mean God destroyed these people. It doesn't mean God robbed you of your pleasure. It doesn't mean God robbed you of destiny. No. My destiny was I have led thousands of young children and took them into my arms as a mother and a father will take children. So I might have sent one child as a seed, but I've had thousands of children in my 21 years since she left in my arms and my bosom that I've nurtured in all these years. And I still nurture children till today. That is destiny. And my one child is rejoicing in the presence of God. She's not destroyed. I want you to see that. Adversity does not come to destroy us. Adversity has come to propel us into destiny. Some of you have got such great destiny, you've not found it yet. This is not the time for complacency. This is not the time to become lukewarm or offended with God. This is a time to enter into destiny. Zechariah 13, 7 to 9, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow, says the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd and the sheep are going to be scattered. Oh my God, there were many shepherds that were smitten in the season. Oh my God, I pray that none of the sheep are going to be offended in the season. One of the ways by which God chose to do something is to smite the shepherd. Not that he's going to destroy the shepherd, but he will remove the shepherd. And I'm not ready to be removed. I'm not talking about myself. I've got great destiny still, let me tell you. Great destiny still. I'm going to live to see destiny. And so many shepherds were struck in the season. And guess what happened to the sheep? They scattered. Do you know how many how many people went back to church with no leader or they cannot go back to church there's no leader do you know that one of the ways by which God did this because you are not looking at your shepherd you got to look at God your shepherd is there to guide you your shepherd is there to bring understanding and enlightening for you but you've got to come into a relationship with God every one of you everyone has got to enter into his own or sit under his own vine tree the Bible says and enter into a relationship with God. This relationship is not just for me as a leader, but it's for every one of us. A love relationship. You've got to enter into a oneness with Him. And hence, your trial too, you've got to overcome. No matter what it is. But when you're in company and when you're in the fellowship of the believers, you have greater strength to overcome your struggle. I will turn my hand upon the little ones. It shall come to pass in the land, says the Lord. Two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. I will bring the third part through the fire. Oh my God. This is the third part that is still here, that is being brought through the fire. I'm going to bring the third part. This is a prophetic declaration made. I'm going to bring the third part through the fire. I will refine them as silver is refined. I'm going to try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name. I will hear them. I will say, you are my people. And they will say, Lord, you are my God. 
want you to say that this morning in your heart. You are my God. Let me tell you, God will bring you through the fire. There's no escaping of the fire. Your fire is different from mine. Might be different. It depends on what God is dealing with in your own life. When we stand before God in this intimate time, let me tell you, there will be no dross. There can be no dross. So, just to give you a little testimony out of what I'm teaching. On Wednesday, I shared with the team here. We're going into very intense teaching. And I was sharing with them how we stood some years ago on... Um, I was talking about the transfiguration experience. Six, after six days... Ah, the seventh day, eh? This is no coincidence, is it? After six days, on the seventh day, Jesus went into the Mount of Transfiguration. He only took Peter, James, and John, not the twelve. And these three were a type of a first fruit that he took with him on the mountain. Because when Jesus wants to talk about heavenly things, he talks to a first fruit. He talks to that third, he talks to that company that he knows are destined for the fire and are destined to come through the water. And when they stood there, they saw heaven descend upon that mountain. They saw Moses and Elijah and Jesus was transfigured. He became as white as snow, even whiter than, than, than any chick could make your clothes. He was covered in white light. And what happened? They looked and, and Peter got a fright. But Peter knew something when he said, let's make three tabernacles. He knew this is a tabernacling experience. He said, let's make three tabernacles and three of you can stay here and we'll stay on this mountain. And suddenly Moses and Elijah moved out. Jesus was there. And the Bible says, God spoke. And he must have spoken out of Jesus. When he says, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. In other words, the day of the law and the prophets is over. The time of reality in the sun has come. Even though we look at the prophetic unction, the prophetic declaration, it's still a prophetic declaration. But today is the day when those things must become a reality. We're not waiting for it. We've got to declare it. We've got to see it. We've got to call it into being. And what happened was, I was sharing with them how we went to Nepal and we carried out part of the expedition, part of an, a part of a, 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 an assignment that God took us on. We stood on one of the highest Himalayan mountains and while we stood there, we didn't know what God was going to do with us. There were six of us and we said, Lord, you are the seventh. We are only six. We will not do anything until you move. And suddenly coming from Mount Everest was a cloud. Directly opposite Everest we were standing and the cloud came and covered us completely. And we were standing in this cloud and we were drenched. We couldn't see each other anymore. We just stood there. And suddenly God started speaking through two of us. And I mentioned that on Wednesday to you, did I not? And I said to you that this one person that gave me a, 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 an agreement, my friend in Durban, she gave me an agreement. And as I was speaking, she'll finish the sentence. She speaks, I finish the sentence. The two of us became a witness and we were repenting even from the days of Adam. And this is 20 years ago, church, when I was saying to God, bring us into Christ out of Adam. We don't want Adam anymore. We want Christ. Adam is the old man. 20 years ago, God was showing us. And so I shared that on Wednesday. Thursday morning, I get a message from this lady. After years, I'm hearing from her. She phoned Mervyn one day, but she hasn't phoned me in a very long time, possibly two or three years. She sends me a message, Rosh, I need you urgently. I am burning up. My whole body is burning up from head to toe. I don't know what is wrong with me. I'm not sick, but I'm burning. I think it must be witchcraft. And I said to her, I'm going to call you. 
I called her and I said to her, have you forgotten that God will allow us to go through the fire in order to be refined? Why are you looking for witchcraft in this? But you see, I can only tell her that after I came out of my fire. I couldn't tell her that before, because before then I would have told her, me too, I'm going through the fire. <laughs> I'm also burning. I don't know if God has abandoned us. You understand? And when I said to her, she sends me a message back. She says, suddenly my mind is healed, and now my body is going to get healed. Amen. I said to her, I'm sending you some clips. Listen to them. The first clip she read, she heard, she said to me, I'm healed. I'm healed. Let me tell you, she said, I'm healed. This is a kind of anointing we're going to walk with when we are crushed ourselves. We are crushed for an anointing. We go through the fire because fire will not burn us. We can address fire in somebody else's life because you've gone through the fire. Church, this is a very powerful position we are in. I'll bring the third through the fire, says God. I'll refine them as silver is refined. I'm going to try them as gold is tried. They'll call on my name. And they will say, I will say to them, you are my people. And I will say, they will say to me, you are my God. You are my God. Hosea 2, 23. I'm going to sow her into me in the earth. What a statement. I'm going to sow her into me in the earth. I'll have mercy upon her that had not, not obtained mercy. I will say to them which were not my people, you are my people. And they will say to me, I am your God. Oh, sorry, you are my God. Ah, oh, I'm going to sow her into me. I'm going to sow her into me. This is the oneness you and I are looking for. This is the kind of oneness. Listen, don't look for this kind of, of, of oneness in anyone. Not even in your wife or your husband. You must have happy marriages. You must have happy families. But this is a oneness that you and I are going to enter into. Like we have never seen before. This is the day, the third day. This is a day of joy. That joy can only, you know, I, I haven't spoken yet about what I shared on Wednesday with some of them. I said to them, you can't talk to children about these things. And I'm not considering you children. As we go along, I will definitely share this. But it's an intimate union. It is an intimate union. Therefore, God used marriage as an example. And he says, as a man loves his, as, as, a, as Christ loves the church, a man ought to love his wife and be prepared to lay down his life for his wife. And as, a, as, as the church is supposed to submit to Christ, a woman is supposed to submit to her husband. And he goes, Paul goes on to say, this is a mystery. I cannot talk about it now. But marriage is a mystery. I want you to know everything about marriage. Whether it's the spousal stage, whether it's the actual wedding, or whether it, it is the, the, the consummation of that marriage in a union, sexual union, or whether it's a producing out of the union of two. Women, I want to tell you that your children are not your own. We have to get that right. Otherwise, we will say what the gifts we have belong to us, not to God. If God didn't give us these gifts, we'll never have it. If a man did not disseminate that sperm, we'll never have children. We've got to get this thing right. Women have made children mine because I carried this child. We have made the gifts of God. We have made the glory of God mine. It's mine. The education is mine. The money is mine. My house is mine. It's not ours. If God didn't give it to you, you'll never have it. If the man was not involved in giving and in you having the child, let me tell you, you'd never have a child. Don't ever make your children your own. 
Marriage is a mystery, therefore, for all of you who saved your marriage, this is a day for your glory. Come on. If you saved your marriage, it's a day for glory. Many times we wanted a divorce in our marriage. I'm so grateful. My husband and I have stayed together 46 years this year. I'm grateful to God. We have stayed together in the midst of all. Because in that marriage, God taught us something. There were many things we had to learn in the marriage. Let me tell you, this time of the Song of Songs, and this time of lovemaking, and this time of the real love, and this time of the oneness, and this time of coming face to face with Him, and becoming one with Him, in this love relationship before we can produce anything in the earth, has come to us now. It is a time of great glory. It's a time of great intimacy. Such intimacy that we've got to prepare to handle. Now, the question is, can God violate you and want intimacy with you if you don't know about this or if you didn't prepare for this? Let me tell you, I prayed it earlier. The day you said I do to him, that is why it is so important, parents, that you need to prepare your children to say, I do. You need to prepare your children to say, I do. You need to prepare your children to make a decision to serve God. Because the day you said, I do, he had every right to determine your walk. And even if he took you through fire to refine you, he will do it until he brings you into that intimate relationship in the Holy of Holies with him. And guess what? There were some that were destined to remain in the outer court. They were called the congregation or the tabernacle of the congregation. There were some that were destined to carry out works like Zechariah and others who entered into the holy place. They lit the candle stand, they placed the showbread, and so on and so on. But there was one that was destined to go into the most holy place and he had to prepare his life before he could go in there. Do you know that he could not see his wife for seven days before he could go in there? Because he dared not think that this is a literal love-making act. Mama. He dared not bring flesh into this place. It's not a necessity that you do that today. Mama. But I want you to know that you will not carry any flesh into the most holy place. You will walk into that place getting ready to meet with the Redeemer. Okay. I will sow her into me in the earth. Romans 11, 5 to 6. I'm just going to do two more scriptures and then we're going to stop. Even so, at this present time, there remains a remnant according to the election of grace. Could it be that you are part of the remnant according to the election of grace? Could it be that you are part of the remnant according to the election of grace? There remaineth the remnant on the earth in this day, Paul says, according to the election of grace. If it is by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is not any more grace. If it is works, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work 
Otherwise, work is no more, uh, no more is work. It's your own works. So, is it going to be by grace this next level of work is going to be attained? Yes. But you know what? If your path is not enlightened, you could take the wrong path. You realize that? If your path is not enlightened, if I don't prepare the dessert for you there, you might turn this way thinking that you can find something tasty here. If you understand what I'm saying. So God is spelling it out clearly for us in this season. I'm not speaking my own words. I might have used my experiences. I might have used testimonies. I mean, my Cynthia's life has changed just over three days. Totally changed. That girl is destined for greatness. I know that. But yet, in the midst of her fire, she was losing it. She was fighting witchcraft, fighting the devil. But the moment she entered into destiny, she said, Rosh, can I please stay near you and never leave you again? I said, sure. Can I please come and spend time with you? Yes, sure. Let me tell you, if we do not get the right direction in the season, church, we can take the wrong step. We can get offended. We can get cooled off. We can come to a place where we feel God has abandoned us. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19, by faith Abraham when he was tried. Which one of you were tried when God said you take your child and go and slaughter him on a hill? Which one of you were tried like the way Abraham was tried? By faith when he was tried, offered up Isaac. It doesn't say he went to offer up Isaac. It says he offered up Isaac because he already gave him up and offered him up in his heart before the act was carried out, exactly like the father did. He already said, I'm ready. He offered his child from his own heart. I want you to know that this is a very significant act. His only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall your seed be called. He accounted that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence he received him in a figure. I want you to know that this thing is not an issue of what you can do on the outside or what you can say. It is an issue of your own heart experience with God. Each one on your own, your experience with God. He says, by faith when Abraham was tried. I don't know what your trial is today. The possibility is your trial is not the trial because you've done something wrong. The possibility is your trial is not a trial because God hates you and is punishing you. The possibility is your trial is not there just because God has abandoned you, doesn't care about you. Is it a possibility that your trial is adversity directed towards destiny? There is a destiny that's about to emerge. But I want you to pass this trial. By faith, Abraham passed the trial. When he offered his son, he didn't wait for the day to take his son up there. He did it already in his heart. Are you ready to make that next step? It's a very serious place. Let nothing offend you in the season. And I know some of you have been strong and you've held on. And I marvel at that. I marvel at his grace for you. I marvel also at the fact that you also have never given up on God. And the scripture says, having not seen him, you still love him. 
Though now you do not see him, but yet you hold on to him because you know that he is the redeemer of your soul. So church, let's stand. There's always an impartation after a teaching. That impartation is what prepares you for your next level. And no matter what you're going through, this much I can say, you're going to come out of this in a very wealthy place. Wealthy, filled with grace, filled with glory, filled with the goodness of God. Father, today we want to thank you for your grace, your goodness, your favor, your love, your mercy. Father, we want to thank you for encouraging us. We want to thank you for enlightening us. We want to thank you, my God, for even opening a pathway like the first gleam of dawn and making it brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Father, we want to thank you this morning for the fact that you ordained our footsteps and you will not let us slip. That even when we want to slip, you will not allow us to slip. And even when we feel lethargy and we feel lukewarm or we feel hurt or we go through difficulty, you've held our hands and you've pulled us through. You brought us into a place where we understand your workings. Though you try us, my God, though you try us, Father, we will come forth even better than gold. Job saw gold, but Peter said better than gold. Because even gold will perish with its use, and we will not perish. Oh my God, you are bringing us into divinity. We are coming into becoming part of the divine. We are coming into a place of, of, of being like you. That there is nothing that can destroy us. Though we go through the waters, they will not overwhelm us. Though we go through the fire, it will not burn us. You are bringing us into a place that is wealthy, into a place of great grace and favor. We thank you that the sufferings of this present age can never be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in us, through us, amongst us, surrounding us. We thank you this morning for a great impartation. We thank you for the anointing and for great strength for every child of God who listens to this word. We pray, Father God, you take us into higher places of, 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 of grace and higher places of favor, Father. That you take us into such great strength that there's nothing in the earth that will destroy us. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. You will not leave us nor forsake us and that is a promise. We thank you, Father. We bless you today. I pray for great strength for every child of God. Nobody will be offended in this season. Nobody will be disappointed with you because you know what you are doing. You know what you are doing. Thank you. You are preparing us for the great day that's about to happen when we come face to face with you. When we come into that intimacy. Finally, all of the pain in our lives will be gone. You yourself will wipe away our tears. And finally, our fulfillment, everything we have ever lived for becomes a reality. Finally, when we come face to face with you, and we can find ourselves in that love and grace with the one we have waited for all our lives. We love you. This life is not about the devil. This life is not about darkness. This life is not about disease and sickness. This life is about you. These things come only to propel us deeper into your life, to sow us into yourself. These things come only to draw us into a greater, more intense love relationship with you. That's what it is. 
Our destination is not destruction. Our destination is you. So we thank you today for great strength for everyone. We bless you, Father, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.